Hello and welcome to this episode of Turing's Triple Helix, podcast channel for the Scottish AI Alliance. I'm Will Millership, the Communications and Events Manager at the Scottish AI Alliance, and today we're going to be talking about business purpose, and specifically how business purpose is applied throughout Scotland and businesses within Scotland. So I have with me three special guests. I have former co-chair of the Business Purpose Scotland for Commission, Colin Mayer, who is a professor of management studies at the Save Business School at the University of Oxford. Rachel Curtis, the Chief, Chief Executive Officer at Initio AI. And I have Katie Guthrie, the AI Accelerator Program Manager at the University of Edinburgh. So it's with great pleasure that I welcome the three of you. So welcome to the podcast. Hi, Will. Hi there, good to be here. Hello, Will. Great. So let's go straight into some introductions. So Colin, I'm um, starting with you, maybe. Can you tell us a bit about yourself and particularly about your involvement in the Business Purpose Commission? Hi, yes. I'm uh, a professor at Oxford University. I'm an economist by background, specializing in the area of finance for business. I led a program at the uh, British Academy called the Future of the Corporation Program, which looked at how business has to evolve over the coming years to address the serious environmental, social governance issues that it faces and how it can take advantage of the remarkable technological advances, including AI, that are in progress. And coming out of that, uh, there was then a Business Purpose Commission, which was established by the Scottish Government, which I was very fortunate to co-chair with Amanda Young. And that brought together a group of people across business, uh, the social sector, investment, government, to discuss how business purpose commission, a business purpose, can really promote the sense of shared prosperity amongst people in Scotland. And I think it was really striking how it gave people a sense that the notion of business purpose can really help to address some of the issues that economies and nations face around the world. Thank you very much, Colin. So we'll, we'll come back to you in a bit to learn a bit more about um, business purpose and what it actually is. But firstly, I'll hand over to Rachel for a little introduction on Initio and what it is you do. Um, yes, yeah, so me personally, I've done 30 years in the financial services world. Um, it's sort of banks and building society roles, a um, couple of board level positions. I still sit as a non-executive director at a regional building society and have the new exciting role of consumer duty board champion, which is very topical. Um, made the foray into technology a couple of years ago um, as the CEO of Inicio, and I think we're going to talk to you a little bit more about what we're doing later. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Rachel. And last but not least, Katie, over to you about um, the AI Accelerator Programme. Hi, Will. Thanks. Yes. Um, so I'm the, the Programme Manager, as you say, for the AI Accelerator at the University of Edinburgh. Um, we're actually, we've run six cohorts through this programme and it's a six-month programme working with AI-driven businesses, really helping them to scale. So with the various different problems around about raising finance, about growing teams, about understanding their their financial modelling. So lo lots of different um, commercial skills, but also um, bringing in activities which have an AI flavour specifically, whether that whether that could be 
understanding emerging AI regulation or working out your cloud compute approach. And we support companies not just from the, the within the university, um, and in fact, not even just from within Scotland. So we, we, we work with some companies who are university spin-outs, but also companies from really across the globe. So it's very exciting from that perspective. Perfect. Thank you very much, Katie. Yes, it is exciting. It's been exciting to see the few um, cohorts go through as I've been working with the AI strategy. So, um, Colin, um, back to you. Um, you know, you mentioned business purpose, and obviously that's the, the name of this podcast. So can you explain for our listeners um, what is business purpose and why is it so important? Yes, business purpose is something that's really risen to the fore over the last few years. A business purpose is why a company exists, why it's created, its reason for being. So it's very fundamental to what a business does. And indeed, it's something that should be an overarching framework within which all that a business does, including the formulation of its strategy, sits. Now, it's been a much discussed topic because up until recently, the notion of what a business purpose is has been very much in line with an idea that Milton Friedman, the Nobel Prize winning economist, put forward in the 1960s when he said that there is one and only one social responsibility of business to increase its profits so long as it stays within the rules of the game, by which he meant that they had to abide by regulations and social norms. Now, that notion that the only purpose of business is essentially to make money, to create profits for its shareholders, has increasingly been questioned over the last 60 years. Business has been remarkably successful at promoting economic prosperity, the growth of nations around the world, and alleviating poverty in many countries around the world. But it's also been the source of growing environmental degradation, social exclusion, inequality, and increasing mistrust. And so that there's been a reconsideration as to well, what really is the underlying purpose of business? Why does it exist? What it's, why is it created? And what's it supposed to do? And the notion of it simply being there to make money is no longer regarded as being an an acceptable explanation. And as part of the uh, British Academy programme, which preceded the uh, Scottish Business Purpose Commission, we looked carefully at various different ideas as to what a business purpose really is. And what emerged was the notion that it's about solving problems, solving problems that you and I face, individuals, societies, communities, and the natural world. And that business is a particular way in which it has to solve those problems. Namely, it has to do it in a form that is commercially viable and profitable. So the way in which we defined the Business Purpose Commission, which is then the definition that the Scottish Business Purpose Commission took up in its analysis, is that it's about producing profitable solutions for the problems of people and planet. Not profiting 
from producing problems for either. Now, that notion of business as being there to solve problems profitably establishes the idea that profits are, of course, extremely important for business. They incentivize people and they provide resources for it, but they should be regarded as being derivative of solving problems and not creating problems. And once one thinks in those terms, then provides a very clear notion as to what a meaningful, challenging business purpose is, namely to find ways of solving problems for us as individuals, communities, and societies in such a way that they do so in a form that is profitable for them as well. Brilliant. Thank you very much for that, Colin. A good, a nice succinct overview of business purpose. So I'm going to go over to Katie for the next question. Um, the AI accelerator program, um, this cohort particularly seems to have taken on a kind of business purpose approach, focusing on the issues of climate change, global health, and AI for good were your three themes, I believe. So can you tell me why you picked these themes and why do you think it's important for the businesses you choose to have on the accelerator to have a business purpose? Thank you. Um, yeah, we have taken a thematic approach in the selection exercise for cohort six. Um, previously, we hadn't had that kind of prescription, um, but we actually ended up with quite a lot of climate techs and health techs within the cohort. And I think they are areas where, particularly with, well, with climate, there's so much potential and there's so much need. So there's so much need for innovation if we're going to meet the the goals around about climate change. We need to be looking at how we can bring technology to to tackle the problems um, so that there's a lot of innovation required in that space and hence we decided to support that area. I think health, again, there's a huge potential and I think the barriers are very high. So AI and healthcare, there, there's lots and lots can be done, but it's also not without problems. And, and health generally is an area where the route to market is, is difficult. So again, the support is, is welcome in that area. Um, and the third category, AI for good, it's it's possibly a little bit woolly in terms of its its formulation. It, it it can cover quite a lot of different bases, which which is actually was good for us from a selection exercise perspective. And that is actually the category in which so Rachel and the Anitio AI are taking part in the AI accelerator under that AI for good category. And then Rachel will tell you more about the the what Anitio do. Um, but we interpreted that AI for good banner as meaning a couple of things. So. Firstly, um, and two of the companies taking part are in this kind of sort of subcategory, if you like, um, we, we looked at it as changing the way or, or addressing the way in which AI works in order to have a good purpose, basically. So we've got a company who, who is um, developing natural language processing for underrepresented languages and a company who are providing a platform for software developers to interrogate their model error and ensure that they are bringing transparency um, to the whole process of developing and running um, AI algorithms. So they, they were in the kind of changing AI kind of space. And then the other two are more about the business purpose. So so that it's the purpose of the businesses um, that is the, the social good, if you like, um, within that category. 
and I think it's an area so, so we find investors are interested in, in purpose-driven businesses as well so it, it, it's an area that is good to support from that perspective too because we want to help the companies um, to get into a position where they can scale and potentially raise investment to do that and there's also an element of it which is I think around about the university's mandate so part of what a university is about really is about getting ideas into the world that that, that benefit the world so so it, it makes sense from that perspective as well perfect thank you very much katie for giving us an overview of um you know the, the accelerator program this year and finally over to you rachel to tell us a bit more about anisio what it is you do and what would you consider to be the main drivers or the purpose of your business Okay, so Initio really exists to help people in debt that are stuck take the first important step to resolving it. So it's an area that has a huge impact on people's lives. There were um, two and a half million people considered suicide as a result of being in debt during the pandemic. So it does have a really um, big impact. And people get into debt for many and varied reasons. But actually, initially, the needs of both the consumer and the business that they owe money to at that start point is the same. They need to understand that customer's financial position. So they need to get down on paper or a, a platform all of their income and expenditure. And that's a process that a lot of customers in debt struggle with and they need help and support to do that process. Organisations typically offer that with customer advisors over the phone, but that's where the first barrier occurs. We've done a lot of research and consumers in debt are very embarrassed about being in debt and they fear that they're going to be judged by that advisor in terms of what they're still spending their money on. So what you end up with is this kind of broken process of call centres that are struggling with the growing numbers of people in debt with the cost of living crisis, trying to bring customers to get these income and expenditure forms completed, but those customers avoiding those calls. So in terms of solving that problem, we're using a new breed of conversational AI and we've created a virtual agent that gives the customer the help and support they need to guide them through getting all of their income and expenditure down. That means the customer can do it in their own time and the organisation save huge costs. Um, they save up to about 90% of their um, customer advisor costs. They're not having to do that process over the phone. So if I come back to Colin's points and just thinking of it in, in that kind of solving the problem of being commercially viable, we probably talk about two numbers. We talk about the two and a half million people that um, felt committing suicide was their only option because they were stuck, giving them a solution, whilst being commercially viable because we're saving a huge part of the organization's costs of getting that process done. Brilliant. Thank you very much, uh, Rachel, for you know, giving us an overview of your work. Sounds like important, important stuff you're doing. Um, so I'm going to head back to Colin for... Um, the next, the next question. Um, in the report, you encourage businesses to define, communicate, and measure their business purposes. That was one of your main, the main feedback for businesses. Um, so, why do you say that that's uh, one of the most important things for businesses to do? Firstly, defining a purpose is critically important for people to really understand what the purpose of a business is. And in defining the purpose, it's important that there's a real clarity and understanding of what it means and why it's important. And arriving at that purpose should involve engaging people within and outside the organization in contributing to what an appropriate purpose of that business is. 
So bringing clarity and simplification to a purpose is a primary requirement. But then people in the organization must feel that it's a real driver of the business, that it's connected to the core part of what a business does on a daily basis. And in particular, is the overarching framework within the, which the strategy of a business is formulated. And it's not only about a sense of significance at the top in terms of strategy formulation. Everyone in an organization needs to have a sense of ownership of the purpose, not just an understanding, but a recognition of what their contribution to determining and delivering the purpose is and should be. And that has to be articulated very clearly so that people at the top of the organization really inspire people in the organization to feel that the purpose, the reason why they come to work on a daily basis is of real significance, how it is contributing to helping to solve the people the problems of people and the planet and the natural world face. And once you do that, then you really do motivate people and give them a sense of significance of what they're doing on a day-to-day -day basis. But there's also an element of demonstrating that the company and the leadership is walking the talk and that they're really delivering on what they're putting forward in terms of this problem-solving business purpose. And to do that, they need to demonstrate how they're delivering on that objective, which really requires them, first of all, to determine a set of measures against which they can evaluate how well they're doing against their purpose. And then not only to measure their performance, but then to reflect the way in which people are incentivized and rewarded in the business in relation to that. So that people feel it's not just cheap talk, but that it's something of substance which will determine how well they do in the organization, their promotion, their remuneration, etc. And that's significant in terms of really demonstrating the extent to which the company is succeeding in delivering on its purpose has to be communicated not only internally within the organization, but externally to all of the parties with whom the firm engages, its investors, its customers, its suppliers, its communities and society, so that there's a general understanding as to what the business is there to do and how well it is succeeding and indeed failing in terms of delivering on its purpose. Because for a purpose, business purpose to be meaningful, it has to be seen to be authentic. And that means that the leadership of the organization has to communicate not only the success of the business and delivering on its failures, but on, on its purpose, but also its failures and challenges that it faces in doing that. So those elements of defining, communicating and measuring are really critical to the success and meaning of having a company purpose. Thank you, Colin. Yeah, I never thought about it like that before. That it's not just the um, the successes you need to communicate, but also the, the failures of the business uh, to communicate important where you fall short, I guess, um, and having realistic expectations. So, um, Rachel, carrying on from that advice from the report, how would you say that Inicio 
defines and communicates communicates and measures business purpose or the success of your business. Yeah, so I think define and communicate is probably a little bit easier for us. We're a young, small company that were founded with a purpose around that, trying to help people in debt. So that I think is easier. I think for us now, it's about being really clear that that's our North Star by which we make decisions as we go forwards and as we grow and also how we recruit for continuation of that so that 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 purpose is really strongly embedded in in our organization as we add people to the team i think measure is an interesting one and and for us it's about a commitment to go back to the end consumer to check if we were if our purpose is to help them get over a tricky process we need to go back and check whether what we're doing is actually resolving that so we still spend um, a reasonable amount of time and money on end consumer research, which you might not expect of a startup of our size that's a B2B proposition. We're not B2C. But actually, unless our platform is helping those end consumers, we're not meeting our purpose. And also it won't be commercially viable because unless we're helping the organizations we sell our products to get the information from those customers, it, it won't work. So I think for us, the measurement at the minute is around is what we've built doing what we set out for it to do and then i think some really interesting thoughts there from what colin said for me as we go forward as an organization and how you know what do we look at at board what measurement do we have and also interesting for me is that in my building society role there's no difference there i mean that organization is 150 years old still has a very clear purpose and board you know the reason i'm in the consumer duty board champion role is about that sort of are we meeting that purpose are we doing what we set out to do for our members so yeah lots of interesting thoughts there in my head now having heard um colin's explanation of it brilliant thank you rachel would you have anything to add to that colin well i think that uh illustrates very well how um thinking through a purpose and determining how it relates to the underlying nature of a business, particularly in Rachel's case in terms of helping people in debt. That, that's a very striking example of what a meaningful, challenging purpose is uh, and something that not enough institutions really devote sufficient time and thought to doing. Uh, and it's challenging because one normally thinks about that as being at the end of the market where the you know the profitability is minimal um and finding ways of, of of solving those problems in a form that is commercially important for providers as well as socially uh, and humanely extremely important for the users of the finance that that really exemplifies very well what i'm talking about in terms of a a serious, meaningful challenge for a business. Thank you very much, Colin. So I think we're going to head over back to Katie for the next question. Um, and it's around, well, firstly, Katie, do you have anything to add from that, actually? Because I know that um, in the um, AI Accelerator program, you do a lot with the companies to talk about um, how they communicate um, their business and how they measure that success. So do you have something to add from what's already been said? Hey, just on that, listening to Colin talking there I was sort of thinking about the virtuous circle there between values purpose and profitability so I guess 
not all business purpose driven companies are for profit we've there's been quite a rise in in social enterprises over the last sort of decade or so but many of them are so that, and they're obviously not not exclusive but there is that that virtuous circle of if you can start out with clear values which you're communicating you're then kind of developing a profitable business which helps your investors so so it's a it's a um it's a win-win and and we do spend quite a bit of time in the accelerator program talking about values and and how to set that out um such that you're bringing people on on board with you because the companies we are working with are generally small but growing rapidly once they get in the investment anyway they're growing rapidly so it's interesting been interesting to listen to Colin talk about it from that perspective because it's I think we do it but we haven't probably done it as kind of explicitly as that um it's just something we've done anyway so could I could I, could I just follow on from that because I think the point that Katie's making is an important one and that is that people talk about social enterprise as being a distinctive form of business uh, that contrasts in some respects to the way in which much of business operates. But in essence, what is being said here is that all business is and should be a social enterprise in the sense that a business is there to solve problems. What motivates the creation of a social enterprise is that people want to solve a problem and they want to find a commercially viable way of doing that. So a lot of businesses are, as Rachel was describing, founded with that sort of inspiring objective. The, the issue then is that how does one retain that as businesses grow in scale? Because what this is really saying is that every business, irrespective of their size, should recognize that they are there to solve problems, to find innovative ways of doing that. And the advantage that large businesses have over small businesses is they have the resources to do that. They have access to capital markets, which might not be available to smaller companies. But in the process of growing and getting listed on stock markets, the, the change in the ownership, the change in the bureaucracy of a business means that that sense of motivation is often seriously diluted. And what this is really trying to do is to say, well, that notion of being a spatial enterprise is something that should pervade the largest as well as the smallest companies. And finding ways of doing that really determines what the successful large businesses going forward are. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Colin, again. Um, I'm going to head back to Katie on this one because um, it's around AI businesses in particular. And, you know, Colin was talking about the success of businesses. And do you feel that particularly AI businesses are in a good position to find solutions for people and the planet? And if so, why? I think generally, yes. I think there's a little bit of qualification around that. And I think you mentioned planet. Uh, the elephant in the room when it comes to AI and climate change is always the amount of um, compute power and the the you know the energy requirements that that creates um which which is the case but we are you know there, there are so many other innovations which are also helping to try and tackle that but it is a it is an important factor and i think the more both small businesses and larger businesses can put pressure on the providers of compute power 
to make sure that they are addressing um, that and investing in these kind of innovations to help things like whether it's powering their data centres via geothermal energy or having a greenhouse next to their data centre, whatever. There are, there are lots of different innovations in that space. But we, we, we talk about that and we want to kind of encourage that. But that's not to take away from the fact that, yes, I think there are, you know, as I mentioned, there's so much need for innovation in climate change in particular. And AI does have a lot to offer. Um, and and the the companies in the and the that have taken part in the AI accelerator in that space are great examples of that. So, you know, one example looking at improving the efficiency of wind power. So I know he was um that Richard, the founder of that company, was on a podcast previously, um, but also accelerating the rollout of electric vehicles, which is one of our other companies using um, AI-powered location intelligence. So so there are many examples um, where we're using AI to help find solutions for, for the solutions for the planet. Um, there's obviously concerns that need to be addressed along the way as well. So not just the, the compute power thing, but also around about the harms. I think there's quite a lot of open dialogue on that. And the AI Alliance and the Scottish government, certainly in terms of the strategy and the UK government, there's a lot going on in that space as well in terms of you know whether it's developing registers for algorithmic transparency or um the, the kind of legislation that will be um emerging and indeed the the new ai standards coming out of british standards institute we are looking at all the the issues that the ai throws up and i think the focus is you know that i've probably focused here on on some of the negatives rather than on the positives but I think it's just by way of saying that there is a lot going on to to address those those, and there are a lot of positives that 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 can um, be affected. That there are obviously concerns around about is AI going to bring technological unemployment? But I think we see AI starting to help save time and money in in many different roles, and actually a lot of the projections look at AI developing more jobs than it takes away so some of those concerns as well are I think slightly misplaced it will for sure change the way we do our jobs but for the better hopefully so taking the example of one of our climate techs it's potentially going to reduce jobs in the recycling sector yes but it will create more jobs so and the jobs that it's taken away are dangerous boring repetitive jobs so I think, yes, is the, sh- is the short answer, Will, I'm sorry, uh, gone on a little bit. We, we've seen that, actually. When when we go in with our solution, there's sometimes a bit of a concern from the businesses in the operational area, which is, oh, you're just trying to sack all of our, you know, call centre handlers. And it's, no, actually, what we're trying to do is provide them, provide the consumer with a better answer that works for them. Um, but actually, we're providing the advisors with better information, more time for them to add value and do what humans are really great at, which AI isn't quite there yet in terms of those very individual, tailored, high intelligence kind of scenarios of helping really vulnerable customers or doing that one-to-one stuff where you've really got to know so many different aspects and really think on your feet so yeah we do see the same thing that katie's talking about there in terms of some of that concern about what ai will do but when we get over that and we provide that information in we can see the huge benefits of it for for both consumers and the businesses that we're serving as well brilliant thank you um thank you rachel 
And yes, Katie, I think it was Danu Robotics you were talking about. Uh, we had them on the podcast as well about um, you know replacing the jobs which are dirty and dangerous um, for people and replacing them with AI jobs. So we're coming towards um, the end of the podcast now. Um, so I wanted to hand back to you, uh, Colin, for a final word um, and back and take it back to the report. So the report's titled "Now is the Time for Business Purpose" uh, or "Now is the Time for Purpose." And the question I'd like to ask is, is why now? I mean, the report has this ambitious aim that by 2030, all businesses in Scotland will have become purposeful, purposeful businesses, uh, which profit from finding solutions for people and the planet. So I guess it's two questions. Why now? And what can be done in the coming years to achieve that aim? Okay. So I want to try and answer that by really picking up on the conversation that Katie and Rachel just had about AI, because in many respects, the reason why now is so important is that AI is so important and it's going to completely transform our lives in the way in which people have no real inkling of at the moment. Um, and, uh, the, the element starting with what Katie was talking about in terms of you know, the problem or some of the problems that people associate with AI and computing and the global warming effect of using uh, computers and powering their algorithms. One of the most inspiring people on notions of business purpose is the CEO of uh, what by market value is now one, if not the largest companies in the world, namely Microsoft. Uh, and a few years ago, he set out a very clear target for Microsoft to be net zero in terms of its CO2 emissions and its global warming contribution uh, by 2030. And to do that, not only in relation to Microsoft's uh, own activities, but also in relation to its supply chain. Um, and that's clearly a very ambitious objective, uh, but it's one for which they've set out some clear targets of delivering against uh, that objective. And I think that that illustrates very well how if someone's really motivated by a purpose of not only producing profitable solutions, but also ensuring that one doesn't profit from producing problems, that one has to look at the negatives of what one's doing and how one ameliorates those negatives as well as what one's contributing. But let's now come to the other element that um, Rachel and Casey were talking about, and that is the dominant concern that arises in relation to AI, um, and that is that it's going to, in essence, substitute people with machines. Um, and uh, you know, of course, the notion of robotics is very closely associated with uh, with doing exactly that. Um, but there's a very good reason for thinking that AI will actually contribute an immense amount to both employment and to human well-being. 
because in essence, what an AI machine can do far better than what a human can do is to process vast amounts of information and data very effectively and carry out very routine tasks uh, much more effectively than humans can do. What an AI machine cannot do, and in all probability, although there's a lot of debate around this, ever do, is to outperform a, a human in terms of its humanity, by which I mean understanding the human condition, because it is not a human. So although it can engage in immense amounts of data recognition of facial movements, etc., in terms of what the human condition is, it cannot, in effect, put itself in the position of being a human. In exactly the same way as however intelligent we are in relation to our cats and dogs, we never can fully understand the nature of a dog or what it means to be a, a, an, an animal. Now, what that means is that, in essence, the role that uh, AI will should perform going forwards is to allow humans to focus on what humans are uniquely well-placed at doing, and that is being humane, and being able then to understand the very human aspects associated with problems that business should be there to solve, which, may, which means really understanding in depth the specific nature of human issues and difficulties. So that, I think, offers an immense amount of optimism as to how AI can and should be contributing to what happens going forward. But there's another reason for the urgency, and that is it could go very seriously wrong. Because an AI machine that is, in essence, there to perform a function of simply promoting the most profitable uh, businesses in the world to assist those businesses, in many cases, in doing a great deal of damage, not good. And in particular, the notion of self-learning, that machines can learn to how to adjust their uh, behavior in such a way as to outperform others, means that competition between business threatens the potential loss of control of humans over what AI machines going for, do going forward. Now, that's something that's well recognized in the context of military competition and military aggression that AI machines could prove to be devastating. But it has much wider potential on that score in the whole of the commercial sector as well. And that's why it's incredibly important that this notion of business as being there to solve problems and to profit from solving problems is firmly embedded at this stage. Because if that's the way in which AI machines are programmed, in which to ensure that there's a safety valve by which they can only act in a way that promotes the interests and well-being of humans, in that case, those risks are avoided. But in the absence of such objectives underpinning the algorithms that are used to run AI machines, 
there's a real risk of serious problems developing, really irrespective of the degree in which we attempt to control them through external regulation. Thank you very much, Colin. That was a very um, thorough, thorough analysis of that. I really like the example you gave, especially of the um, not being able to understand the human condition, as in you know, humans will never be able to understand our pets, for example, what it really means to be a cat or a dog. Unfortunately, we're coming to the end of um, the time we have for this podcast, uh, which is a shame because I could talk about this topic all day with the three of you. It's been a really interesting. Um, but yeah, I just want to thank you all for, for joining me. And yeah, it's been great to have you on the podcast. Thanks, Will. Thanks, all. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed. Greatly enjoyed it.